Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash NEC podcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash NEC podcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash NEC podcast. Schools around the corner, do you have an idea where you plan to get your medical coding and building education? Consider CareerStep. CareerStep offers online courses, flexible scheduling, and a HEMA-approved curriculum. After graduation, you get a voucher to take your CCA or CPC exam. CareerStep is also a My Career Advancement account, approved school funding for military spouse education. If you enroll by September 14th, you can get a free laptop or up to $400 off your tuition. You also get free textbooks when you enroll so you can study on the go. Also make note that new tuition rates will arrive on October 1st, so I would take advantage of the current rates before they increase. Redeem this great offer by going to careerstep.medicalcodinggeek.com. Again, that's careerstep.medicalcodinggeek.com. Somebody is always looking over your shoulder. If you can't take criticism, this is not the industry for you. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. No, this is not Brian. I'm Antoinette from Amherst, New York. I am Ajaman from New York City. No, this is not Brian. I'm Charlita Huffman in Central Florida. I am Noelle, and I'm from the Connecticut area, covering for Brian while he deals with the Hurricane Irma down in South Florida. Uh, Brian has requested a few of us from the Not Elsewhere Classified Community Facebook group to handle the announcements for this episode. If you're interested in joining the Facebook group, go to facebook.com slash groups slash NEC podcast. You get the behind the scenes access to the podcast and also have the opportunity to be a guest announcer. Today we continue with Tom Kulsa's episode and continue the conversation about her popular community, Jobs for American Medical Coders. Before listening to this episode, you should listen to part one of this interview by going to medicalcodinggeeks.com slash podcast. Again, that's medicalcodinggeeks.com slash podcast. Hello, this is Antoinette from Amherst, New York. And in this episode, they talk about the conundrum about getting into a field that requires experience. What are PAM's recommended core coding credentials you should have? Is it beneficial to have multiple credentials? And how you should have a thick skin going into the medical coding industry. Before we start this episode, I want to announce the HERO Fund by the American Health Information Management Association. In the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey and now Hurricane Irma, AHIMA has established a fund that helps out health information professionals affected by disaster. 
To donate to Hero Fund, make sure to check out hero.medicalcodinggeek.com. You can also text Be a Hero to 41444. That's B E A H I R O to 41444. So without further ado. So without further ado. So without further ado. So without further ado, here's a continuation of Pam Kulzar's interview. Enjoy. Enjoy. Definitely a lot of progression, a lot of technology, a lot of transition. That definitely is the key. All right, so let's move on to our next part. I, I think we have definitely have touched a lot on what Jobs for American Medical Coders is all about um, and the type of people that you cater to. And that, not really cater, but more help and assist. Uh, one thing, especially before going to the next segment, is what kind of posts do you frequently see in Jobs for American Medical Coders, the Facebook group? What kind, what's the most common post you see? How do I get over the experience requirement? That seems to be the most prevalent question. They, they, people come out, and sometimes they come out very educated with multiple credentials and still can't get a job because of the experience factor. How do you get the experience when no one will hire you? That is an age-old conundrum. It happens in this industry. It happens in every industry exactly. out it there. It happens everywhere. So just don't feel like we're all alone. It, does. it just doesn't happen with us. It happens everywhere. It's not just here. I have a, a stepson who is a machinist. He had the same problem when he started. He had the knowledge. He had the training. He didn't have the experience. Now he does. <laughs> so <laughs> now he doesn't have a problem getting a job. Once you can get over that experience hurdle, it used to be in our industry that you could volunteer much more e- easily than it is now that HIPAA has been implemented. My suggestion, and I don't even know if this really works, but it seems like it could be beneficial, is that broach the topic first. If you want to volunteer in a clinic, offer to sign a BA agreement. They should know what a BA agreement is. That lets them know that you at least know that HIPAA exists and that confidentiality is important if you've offered to sign that that should overcome part of that hurdle whether it will work in every situation it probably won't but it might work in a few the the other thing i would recommend is there are places nearly every county and most large cities have some sort of a clinic where they do um, like indigent care. Those clinics operate on less than a shoestring. The doctors volunteer, the nurses volunteer. Volunteer there. You're not going to get paid for it, but it's valuable experience. Most states have some sort of a reimbursement methodology 
where you would file it basically like a Medicaid claim. So you can pick up some experience with billing and coding there, but you're also learning office processes. Like I said, you're not going to get paid, but what it will do is it's put you in contact with nurses, with doctors that will be more than happy to write wonderful recommendations for you at the end when you're ready to move on. That's true. That's true. Again, it comes down to what is what is it ultimately doing? It's again building your network. It's building a, re, a building exactly. a good reputation. That is key. Mm-hmm. I for sure believe in that. All right, now let's talk about the fact of the title. The title of your group is Jobs for American Coders. What is the current situation of jobs in America with medical coding? Um. There, uh, there are a lot of jobs available. They are not as easy to get as they used to be. That everybody that has a job available wants someone with multiple credentials and lots of experience. The people that have multiple credentials and lots of experience usually already have yes. a job. <laughs> so. And it's like inpatient coders. There are tons of inpatient coding jobs available, but the people that are have lots of experience with DRGs and the, the validation process, that sort of thing, already have jobs. But the hospitals and the facilities need experienced people. They don't have the time to sit there and train everybody. That's where the gap is, and I'm still working on what I'm trying to find ways to help people bridge that gap. I'm not sure what the what the solution will be to that. I mean, it yet. definitely it definitely is that, from uh, one thing to understand. I guess for everybody here that's listening is is you're looking at it from a very small piece of the pie. I love. I'm, I guess I'm hungry, right? I keep on referring to pie. Anyways, we're looking at a very small aspect of what it is to get a job, right? In order to get that job, you also have to widen your vision a little bit and understand why is it that they can't take you in for that position. You have to look at it from a health administration standpoint. You have to look at it from a demand and supply economic standpoint. This is where you have to kind of like do a little bit more research what's going on in your area and by understanding to know what's going on in your area you have to connect with people that are in those specific areas and like you said you don't have to con- I mean, you don't necessarily have to connect with other other HIM or medical coding professionals talk to nurses talk to physicians talk to administrators you know those are the people that can lead you to other places as well and so you mentioned uh, in terms of supporting the initiatives of Jobs of America is the idea of encouraging multi-credentialing, all right? My question with multi-credentialing is, you know, how many should one essentially have? Can you answer that one? I I don't know that there is a stock mm-hmm. answer there. I, if you have, I actually lost out on a job several years ago because I had it. 
an AAPC credential, and she wanted me to have a HEMA and AAPC. And most facilities prefer a HEMA credentials, but this particular facility wanted a HEMA and AAPC. So they wanted someone with the hospital and facility training, and this was well before AAPC come up, out with their new inpatient credential. So um, this was probably 10 years ago. But um, she wanted, her, whoever she hired, she wanted them to have a CCS and a CPC. I didn't. I had CPC. So I would recommend that you have an AHEMA credential, an AAPC credential, and probably an auditing credential. If you can, if you can add on the risk, um, the HCC credential, that makes you more bulletproof. I love it. So that, that was my question next, is what are the core credentials that you think a new medical coder should you know, kind of uh, have their sights on? If they come out of school and they've got a CCS, a CPC, a CPMA, and a CRC, they're going to qualify for something. They may, still have, they may still have to overcome that initial experience requirement. It's not going to make them automatically get a job, but it's going to certainly help. I think what credentials do also, uh, in, 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 and aside from experience, is opening that door for you to learn more about that aspect of coding. Again, you know, when you when you get interest in that, then you move forward with it. It's just like you know, if you're going for any education, you're going to go for your associates, then you're going to go for your bachelor's, then you're going to go for your master's and something more specific, and then you're going to go for a PhD, which is totally very specialized. So by doing, you know, at least from a, a certification perspective, it is the fact that you have a, an interest in that area and you're going to go for it. Uh, and on top of that is the fact that if you're going to go for that specific credential, that is what you're going to use in terms of, you know, using it as your experience, right? I've seen people who have like, a, I don't know, a paragraph worth of credentials. And usually a, a question that I ask myself is, are they using them all? You know, and so you have to, you, you know, it's very, it's, you, know, you have to be very smart. And so, you know, I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's not unnecessary, but, you know, it's good to have all of them. Perhaps, you know, you, you like them all. But I think what's, very, what's most important is the fact that, that you're using it. So if you, you invested in it, you're going to use it, right? Exactly. It comes down to, to basically if you don't use it, you're exactly. going to lose it. So uh, That's true. If you're using your auditing credential and your auditing HCC work, great. Uh, you may not be in the area where you're going to do DRG auditing you may be in a different area. But if you're an auditor, that gives you a, you know what to look for, even if it's a different specialty. So it's an overall good credential. All right, let's take a moment and hear a word from our sponsor. This episode is presented to you by the Medical Coding Geek Tutoring Network 
we're not just about the funny medical coding memes you see on social media. We're also a growing network of experienced, specialized, and credentialed professionals. We do not offer prep courses or education programs. Rather, we offer focused, one-on-one -on -one tutor sessions that will give you what you exactly need to help you pass your exam. We offer tutoring for the CCS, CPC, RHIT, RHIA, and CDI certification exams. If you want to find out if our tutoring services is what you need to progress in your career, go to medicalcodinggeek.com. Also, we're looking to grow our network of tutors. If you're interested in joining our team, go to medicalcodinggeek.com. You know, the one of the one of the guests that I had uh, on this uh, podcast, his name is Chuck Buck, and he is not a medical coder. Uh, he has actually has a background in in broadcasting and advertising. Uh, he's the host of the Top Ten Tuesdays, which is a which is another broadcast for uh, that's our part of ICD10Monitor.com. And one one word of advice that he gave is the fact that you have to understand the industry. You know, you're understanding what's going on from outside of medical coding that can influence medical coding. And by staying on top of that, that can lead you into areas where you should be specialized with your credentialing. So for me, like personally, uh, I started with my RHIA. I saw CDI becoming a trend. I got my CDI. Now I'm seeing risk adjustment and HCC becoming a big thing. Well, guess what my next credential is going to be? It's going to be my first AAPC credential is going to be the, the CRC. So you have to learn and adapt to to move forward with what's going on with the industry not just pick a credential and say well it's it, it looks good i'm gonna pick with it you know go with it and it's very important for you to understand everybody to, at least on the audience to understand that now let's finish off here all right so what is what is in store what what does the future hold for for yourself pam and also jfamc well we continue we are continuing to grow. I'm adding a, sometimes 100 group members a week, believe it or not. I mean, seriously, the growth, the growth is incredible. It's just mind-boggling. And um, as we grow, we, we will develop more things to add to the website, um, we want to, like I said, make ours more targeted than an overall credential type of training. We want it a little bit more targeted. We have some other ideas we're still trying to flesh out. I have, right now, I think I have 15 or so administrators on the main group, and um, there's no way I could do it without them. I they they are an integral part of this group and the way it's grown because they help me. I can't see every single post that comes up, and they know my vision. So as they see something that they may not immediately delete it, but they will contact me and say, Pam, did you see so-and-so? Okay, if that's what it is, they send me a screenshot. If that's what it is, get rid of it. 
because we don't let people sell a lot of stuff in that group. We created the yard sale group for that. Yeah, yeah. The yard I saw sale that one too, yes. Right. And that one, that one's, that one's is running very, very nicely. I see every, you know, because now the how how Facebook has changed, uh, including their marketplace. Uh, you know, one of the things you'll see is, you know, if you're in the group, you'll see a notification, something pop up. Somebody's always in search of something. Someone's always uh, selling something. So that has been a very good avenue, uh, especially have your old books to definitely use it there. Exactly. So, and that keeps it out of the main group and cluttering up stuff so that people can't find the job post. So that was kind of my idea of starting that is to keep those, because people were saying, I want to sell my books, I want to buy a book, and I'll, let's get that over in one place. So that was kind of the idea behind that. And then somebody wanted a billing group, so we started the billing group, and um I'm fortunate to have a very skilled lady on our group, Deepa Patel. She owns her own billing company in Kentucky, and she um, is very very successful with that. She is a, a certified biller through AVC. She is also certified in auditing. She CPC. CPB, CPNA, and now she has her instructor as well, so CPCI. And um, she is my main administrator on the billing group, and so it, we've tried to accommodate whatever somebody asked for. They're now wanting, can we have a group for Atlanta? Well, you know, maybe not yet. Maybe eventually... Atlanta, <laughs> they, that's why I'm getting asked all the time. I want to know what's going on in, in Atlanta or in Miami or, whoa, hold it. You know, I'm already <laughs> about we'll 25 plus groups. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna go more city specific. Oh boy! What I did last night was uh, I posted in in your group um, if they had an, if any of the members had any questions, which leads to a question uh, by Trevor Massey. Uh, and in lines of what you just said, how does you Pam? How does she so successfully manage a group of thousands and juggle her normal day to day responsibility and still remain level level headed? How is it that you're able to do that? I think, the, I think the most important is the level-headed part. Well, like I said, we have very, I have very set rules for the groups, and we don't, we almost never deviate from those. That helps a lot. We're not just kind of all over the place. And like I said, also, I'm at a different stage in my life. I'm semi-retired. I'm not working full time right now, and. I can devote the time to managing it. Somebody who has small children can't do that. <laughs> my, my children are grown, and I have my grandchildren. My youngest one is now 10, so I don't even have very small grandchildren anymore. So that has, that has freed up the time for me to devote to it. It's, and I... I tend to work it like a job. I start at a certain time. I 
may I'm working a lot longer hours than I would at a job, but I'm sitting on the couch doing it, so it's not that big a deal. <laughs> uh, so it's it's great to to to, yeah. to know that you know. At your stage of your career, the fact that you have all this free time. If it was my free time, I'd be out there uh, on the pier fishing. But here you are, you're sitting on your couch, spending your free time helping others and, and giving back to the community. That is totally awesome. So let's wrap this up. Now, for Pam, uh, what final words or words of advice that you want to give to our audience before we wrap up? I think multiple Multiple, multiple credentials, if I can get that out, and you need to be, you need to have a level of perseverance, and you need a thick skin. Now, what does it mean to have a thick skin? Can you elaborate on that? Number one, you need to have a thick skin to endure all the you-don't-have-enough-experience type of responses. Number two... After you be, get a job and become a coder, you need to understand that you are going to be monitored. You're going to be audited frequently. There is always somebody looking over your shoulder. There are auditors within the facility. There are auditors within the insurance companies, within Medicare, all the way up to the DOJ. Somebody is always looking over your shoulder. If you can't take criticism, this is not the industry for you. So you need a thick skin, and you need to know how to keep on going. If it gets tough, and it does get tough sometimes, and you can't keep going, you're not going to make it. You have to keep learning as well. What I knew in 1980 is not going to help me in, in 2017. It was a building, a stepping stone for me to build upon, but I'm not using the codes and the knowledge that I had then to do what I do now. That's what I mean by perseverance and by a thick skin. Somebody's looking over your shoulder all the time. Think about it. Even the CEO of a company has a boss. All his customers and all his employees are his boss. If he doesn't keep them happy, he's going to be out on his ear. Somebody is watching you all the time. You have to have a thick skin. you got to be battle ready. Well, Pam, I, I do want to thank you for definitely um, shedding some light on the industry, sharing your knowledge, and uh, just being a part of the guys. And actually just having an opportunity to talk with you is totally awesome because I see you in the group and I'm like, <laughs> i got to talk with her one time. And so I think this was the best opportunity to do that. So uh, if anybody wanted to find out more about Jobs for Amer American Medical, let me say that again, Jobs for American Medical Coders, where can they find that? They can find the group on Facebook. Uh, if they just put in JFAMC, it will pull up all the separate groups. It won't. That won't pull up the main group, but it will pull up all the ancillary groups. 
And through them, you can find the main group. If they go to the website, jfamc.org, there is a place there where they can send me messages uh, in the contact us area. The message will come back to me. We have a LinkedIn group. They can contact me there via private message, however they want to do it. And I'm constantly answering private messages, so people do contact me that way frequently. So you can catch her on Facebook. Uh, you'll see her listed in the group, so I'm sure you can connect her through through private message there as well. Well, that's about it. That is uh, our episode. Again, Pam, I do want to thank you. Uh, you are considered by Debbie Turner Altman. I have to throw I have to throw this in there as revered popular famous uh, <laughs> i give you the infamous more i guess the synonym to infamous is notorious the notorious p.a.m uh pam pulsar <laughs> okay. thank you very much for for being part of this episode i definitely appreciate it <laughs> thank you for asking i appreciate i appreciate it thank you so much this is ageman from new york city I wanted to thank Pam Colfer for being a guest on the podcast. You can find jobs for American medical coders at jfamc.org. Recently, they launched the JFAMC Coffee House, a new, safe, and secure community just for coders, billers, and HIM professionals. You can find the JFAMC Coffee House by going to Coding Advisory. Dot com slash coffee house. Don't forget to donate to the Ahima Hero Fund by going to hiro.medicalcodinggeek.com or you can text be a hero that's B E H A H I R O to 41444. That's be a hero, B E A H I R O to 41444. Coming up on the next episode of Not Elsewhere Classified. You know, as much as it's a cliche, uh, my biggest thing is always be yourself. Um, Present, you are the only you that's out there. And again, I sound like some sort of therapist, but it's true. Not Elsewhere Classified is presented and produced by Medical Coding Geek. Music was brought to you by 43 and Coyote Hearing. Medical Coding Geek offers tutoring and media services for the medical coding, health information, and CDI community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MED Coding Geek. That's MED Coding Geek. You can also find us on our website, medicalcodinggeek.com, where you can find and listen to all the podcast episodes plus the show notes from today. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. We would definitely appreciate it. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui, and you have just listened to Not Elsewhere Classified. MedicalCodingGeek.com This podcast is supported by Weebly.com. Have a product? Building a company? You'll need a website. Create your site with Weebly's drag-and-drop website builder and responsive themes without any technical experience. Believe me, I built my website in under 30 minutes. It really is that easy.
listeners of this podcast will receive a 10% discount on any Weebly subscription plan or promote plan. To get this discount, go to Weebly, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot medicalcodinggeek.com. Again, that's Weebly dot medicalcodinggeek.com.